Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Tesla quietly discontinues a battery option in Canada and the rest of the world may be next. Apps may finally be coming to your Tesla in a way you didn't expect and more. Let's ride. Welcome to Ride the Lightning. I hope you're having a pleasant day whenever and wherever you are listening from. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. This is the Unofficial Tesla Podcast, episode 26 for January 31st of 2016. And I am coming to you, well, not live, recorded live from my rental car. Yes, my, uh, I don't remember if I mentioned or not, but I got ever so slightly rear-ended a couple, a week or two ago. Happened to, at least I caught the guy doing it. The guy just couldn't parallel park properly. He was very apologetic, but at least I caught him. Otherwise, he probably would have just drove off and never uh, said a thing, and I'd have had a nice extra scratched bumper. But at least I'm getting it taken care of. And, uh, yeah, here I am in a rental Mazda 3. At least they gave me a new one. Had uh, 11 miles on the clock when I when I had it, So when they, when they handed it to me. So, anyway... That's that. Uh, I want first of all, I want to thank everybody who forwarded me all of the Delorean. Well, the big Delorean news this week, and it was many of you. <laughs> many of you were very kind. Of, did you hear the news? Did you hear the news? Absolutely heard the news. Of course, I did. I'm very happy for for the uh, my friends at the new Delorean Motor Company, who now under a a new law have sort of an exemption to produce uh, just just a few hundred. New DeLoreans, new 1982 DeLoreans with their sort of already existing stash of of existing parts, new original stock parts, and where where necessary or it makes sense, upgraded parts. So I'm very happy for them. I wish I could afford to grab one of the new ones. I'd be happy to have any DeLorean back in my life, but someday, hopefully, it'll happen. Uh, so yeah, I, I just appreciate the fact that all of you out there, many of you out there, Think of me. When you hear DeLorean, you think of me, and I like that. That's uh, I, I've always been happy to be associated with DeLorean, and hopefully I will one day have that association with Tesla, where I'll be like, oh, yeah, you're, that, you're, that, you're, the, you're the friend in my life who has a, has a Tesla. Ho- although, hopefully, that'll be many people. They'll be like, oh, you're, you have a Tesla, too? But anyway, I want to start with Dave, who called in about Model 3. He is curious about timelines. Let's hear from Dave. Dave, go ahead. Hi Ryan, it's Dave from the UK here. Um, just been thinking about the Model 3 and I'm looking forward to the reveal event at the end of March. Um, I was just wondering like, what the kind of timeline is after that. Um, you know, When production begins, uh, when cars are due to be rolling off the production line. Um, I guess the Gigafactory coming online uh, ties into that as well. Um, so I'd just like to wonder, I'd just like to hear your thoughts rather on, you know, if you know what that timeline looks like. I, I know you've mentioned putting down a deposit after the March event um, and then saying you're not really expecting your car till I think it was 2018, which is obviously, you know, quite a long time. So I'm just wondering what kind of happens in between those time frames. Um, if you could touch on that, that'd be, that'd be really useful. Um, other than that, keep up the good work. Uh, love the podcast and uh, look forward to it every Sunday. Keep it up. Cheers, mate. Bye. Dave, thank you for the call. This is, of course, a very difficult 
question to answer because Tesla is fairly difficult to predict. Ask anyone who was on the Model S waiting list and ask anyone who was or still is on the Model X waiting list, which is still most people. Most of the people on the list are still waiting, still on the list. So the timeline, as best as we can piece it together, kind of goes like this. We're looking at late March for the announcement, which hilariously, I not that I can complain here, but I'm scheduled to be on a family trip in Hawaii the last week of March. So I really uh, don't want to have to be trying to get my reservation in from, a, from hotel Wi-Fi, especially because I expect the servers will be absolutely tortured that first day. Uh, and I want to get as high on that list as I can, but but yes, I expect reservations to begin on the same, you know, the night of the event, of the reveal event for those that are in attendance, which if I'm lucky, maybe Tesla will invite me as they did to the Model X event. And then the next day is when it's the, when history suggests that they will open it up to everyone. After that, it's probably going to be pretty quiet for a while. Uh, you know, the X, we got the, we saw the prototype in early 2012 and then the prototype was trotted out again at, uh, CES the following year and, uh, the North American International Auto Show might've been the next year as well. And yeah, it, I expect the, the same prototype tour will occur for Model 3, but, I think it'll be fairly quiet, Elon. Once it's announced, once it's revealed, Elon's going to be getting even more questions about it on conference calls and at interviews than he's already asked. I mean, if I were able to to check him off my bucket list and actually get him for an for an in-depth interview for half an hour or an hour, it would be a lot of Model 3 questions. I would I would be very curious because that's of course what I'm personally interested in and that is the Model 3 is the end game of, uh, or at least the primary goal, not, not the end game, but, you know, the primary goal of Tesla's existence is to get that car on the road. So, um, yeah, I think we'll just get little drips and drabs of information throughout 2016 after the car is announced and into 2017. Then the fun part, which we saw with S and X, will be getting, trying to get some spy shots, get some teases of the inevitable alpha version, the alpha build of the car. And then, uh, will there be, you know, the question is, will they have a, any sort of event before the car ships for reservation holders? They did not with the X, they did with the S, which I was at. So it's really, there are a lot of, of mysteries here and we don't know quite how it's going to go, but once, you know, they've been sticking very, very firmly. Every time they're asked, Elon or anyone else at the company is asked, it's late 2017. Tesla does not have a good track record with shipping things on time. That's the one big, the one thing the company's really not good at. Fortunately, if you're going to not be good at something, that's probably the thing to not be good at because they're really good at making amazing cars. They're, they're three for three so far. Uh, particularly, of course, with the S and X when they're on their own and not assembling gliders uh, built by Lotus. But <clears throat> yeah, it's it's probably going to not pick up a lot of heavy steam until I would say summer of 2017. That's when I would start to expect 
the you know sightings of the cars, uh, may, you know maybe an event, and then it, it's going to start to really heat up in the fall when there'll probably be mules out on the road, and uh, we'll we'll really we'll get closer and closer until the 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 uh, the reveal event, the second reveal event, the sort of uh, delivery event, as it were. And then, and then it's, then it'll just be, everybody will be starting to get real antsy for their cars come fall of 2017, myself included. So that is how I see it going. Obviously there's, we'll finally get to see it, or at least the prototype coming up here in a couple of months. And then I do expect it to be very quiet. Remember too, again, Elon has always said that unlike most manufacturers, that he wants the production car to be better than the prototype, and he's two for two in that department. The S final shipping car was much better than the original prototype. Same thing with the X, other than you, you know, you could justifiably make the argument a lot of people are not happy with the uh, second row fold down seat situation compared to how it was on the prototype of the X. But overall, I think it's could be argued that both the S and the X, the production versions were superior to their prototypes. So that's the that's another thing to look forward to is the fact that whatever we see at this event in March, what we end up getting to drive and put on our garages may very well be a good bit better. So March is getting closer. I mean, it's January 30th as I record this. That event, if it stays on schedule, it's we're six we're T minus 60 days or less until we finally know what this thing looks like. We probably won't find out a ton more. Uh, maybe some just basics, some sort of maybe overall performance goals for the car that Elon will state. And by performance, I mean zero to 60, uh, you know, that that kind of actual speed performance, not sales performance. I expect he may talk about, it's possible he may talk about the second version of autopilot, but he might not want to do that because then, that's probably iffy because if he talks too much about the next generation of autopilot, people might hold out and not buy Model S's now or X's now and just go, well, I'll just wait for the better version of autopilot that's going to roll out with with the Model 3. And then of course it would, I'm sure it would also go to the S and X at the same time, but so yeah, I expect we'll see the car. We'll we'll hear about some performance numbers that that they're you know ballpark performance numbers, maybe range numbers for the car, and whatever other fancy tricks it's got up its sleeve. Although we've been told to expect not a lot of fancy tricks for the Model Three compared to the S and certainly the X. So we'll see. But good stuff there from Dave. Next, I got a letter, a good old fashioned email, not an actual letter. From Ben, okay, I'm gonna, Ben, I'm, I apologize, I'm probably going to ruin your name here. It's, I'm going to guess one of two ways. It's either, it's McLeish or McLeish from, you are from Leeds in, over in the UK. And he wrote, writes in and says, during my test drive with the Model S yesterday, the Tesla colleague confirmed that the Model 3 will be unveiled at the Geneva Motor Show. Take it as you will, but she seemed pretty certain. Nice to see Europe as an emerging point for Tesla news. So, uh, Ben, I don't know you, and I don't know this Tesla representative that you spoke with. First of all, it wouldn't be the first time that a Tesla rep said something that ended up really not being accurate. They have, the, they have good intentions, but 
I, I would, I looked it up. This is the Geneva Auto Show is, is not far away. It's coming up soon. It's, it would be before the late, the stated late March event for the Model 3 reveal. I don't see any way at all that Tesla unveils this thing at the Geneva Auto Show or any other public or any other, you know, industry event. They'll, they're going to have their own event. I, I just don't see... I mean, yes, the Model 3 needs to get out to everyone and be seen by everyone, and a place like a Geneva Auto Show is a good place to do that, but Tesla, they know the media will all show up, myself included. I mean, they're going to get a ton of press at a Model 3 reveal event of their own. They don't need to be a part of a Geneva show and I don't expect they're, you know, they're going to control the message. They're going to want the news to be about them, not about, well, at the Geneva Auto Show, we saw this from Ferrari and this from Porsche. And, oh, the Model 3 from Tesla. No, they're going to want it to be about them. Very Apple-like in that regard, which, of course, app, I mean, everybody, most everybody does their own big events for stuff now. I mean, CES is a Samsung keynote and a, and a Sony keynote, and it used to be a Microsoft keynote, so... You know, everybody does the Apple thing now, but including Tesla. So I fully, fully expect I would I would be willing to bet a uh, a nice lunch <laughs> or a nice dinner that the Model Three will not be seen in any will not be revealed in any venue other than a Tesla specific event, probably in Hawthorne down at the design studio because that's going to be where the prototype lives. I think I've said this before on the podcast, maybe in the last couple of weeks that it would be a massive security risk to to put it in a truck and bring it up here and have the event in Fremont. Anybody could snap a picture of it, loading, unloading. I mean, I fully expect, just as with the S, and uh, or at least certainly with the X, that the event, the reveal event, will be in Hawthorne at the design studio. So we will find out very soon. And... On the topic of Model 3, I actually wanted to bring up something a little personal here, and pardon me for the what may be an aside, but maybe this is relevant to some of you. I hope maybe some of you can sympathize. I'm actually hoping for a little advice, and that is, uh, you know, for I've been dreaming of the Model 3 since I was turned on to Tesla in the summer of 2009 uh, when our DeLorean Club had an event at the original Menlo Park store. They showed us the back, the final assembly building in the back. I think I went over all that in uh, episode one, where I talked about my sort of Tesla origin story. But, you know, I've, I knew right then and there, like this, the, the Roadster was amazing. And I was convinced that electric and Tesla was the way to go in the future. And I figured, okay, well, when, and I, I'd read the not so secret master plan from Elon and I, I knew, like, okay, this, this, this third-generation car, that's going to be the one to get. You know, I, I, when the S came out, couldn't afford that, certainly can't afford an X. You know, I make, my wife is self-employed. I, you know, I, I work in the, the media field, which is, I, you know, I, I'm, I make an okay living. I certainly can't complain too loudly, particularly if any of my bosses are listening. Um, but, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not exactly rolling in cash over here. Uh, I'm very thankful for the life I have, don't get me wrong, but the fact of the matter is, the most expensive car I've ever bought, well, even though I've only bought a couple, uh, you know, is my Infiniti. I paid about, f- with all the 
warranty and all the bottom line. It was about 40 grand for my G35. And that was when I was 25 years old and I had a big, huge down payment set saved up. And I, uh, you know, I took out, a, you know, decent, pretty good size loan. It was like $500 car payment for five or six, no, six years. It might've been. And, you know, in hindsight, that was probably not the smartest move to make. You know, I also had my DeLorean at the time, which, uh, you know, I was putting some money into that all, from here and time and again. And anyway, the point being is, you know, as I've, I've completely just soaked up every bit of Tesla news and become so passionate about Tesla and what they're doing and wanting to get the Model 3 and planning to get the Model 3, I've really hoped that I would be able to get a fully decked out check every box just on the website just click everything click every option ludicrous the whole nine yards and it seems like that's probably just ballparking it going to be around 80 grand from just trying to compare whether you take a you know it depends you can look at it any couple of ways we obviously won't know pricing for a long time we won't know pricing in march other than they're probably going to reaffirm the $35,000 base price, but they're certainly not going to tell us what the top of the line, you know, signature edition is going to go for. So I finally had a talk with my wife about it and it'd been something she obviously knows about it. She knows it's been a, it's a thing I care about. And, you know, I, I will say she's never really, she doesn't really get my car passion, particularly my DeLorean and now Tesla passion. She, she sees cars as, if we're being kind, appliances, and if we're not being kind, she sees them as pools of red ink. And fundamentally, she's not wrong about that. That Those are facts. But, you know, as I think a lot of you can probably relate to, we see Teslas and cars in general, and particularly Teslas, as something more, as just a, a something that you're passionate about. It's a, it, you know, you I suppose you could call it a hobby, but yeah, it's a passion. It's a, it's something that, that really just, enriches your life in a real in a real way. I mean, I've read so many accounts of people buying Teslas and driving more miles than they ever had before and going on road trips all the time and just their lives being fundamentally really changed for the better by the car because of what it is and what it does and how economical it is to operate and the supercharging network, the whole thing. So, you know, I've I've dreamed of of being able to, you know, I can't do a NS, but I thought, well, you know, I've been planning it for years, trying to save. I've, I took some of the DeLorean money from when I sold that. And, and that's, you know, I've got a little, I have a Tesla fund socked away. It's got a, a little chunk of change in it. Not, not, you know, nearly enough, but it's my hope that I'd really hope that I could, that this time, you know, because I, I just had this bit of money put away that I'd be able to try and save and reach and get a fully loaded Model 3. But, you know, my wife is a very, I mean, she she is self-employed, but she is in the world of personal finance. And she doesn't, you know, really like cars. And But she really just fundamentally cannot go along. She's sending me websites with links to, that are true. I mean, that, that you know, if you spend 80 grand on a car that's versus, you know, 35, the, the base price of the Model 3, it's it turns into like $300,000 that you're missing out on over a number of years. And these are all things that are true. I'm not, I don't refute any of it. But I guess it's, I'm so 
fun. I'm so passionate about this that I just hoped, I just wanted this to be the one time where I could, because I had a little extra socked away for this, the one time where I could just reach up and get like the top of the line coolest thing because, you know, if, when I, I just wanted to, when the time when I finally got to become a Tesla owner, something I've been waiting, well, six years for, so, so far and counting, that, it, that I'd be able to just go all out and just, you know, because and, and it's the most fun. I mean, you guys, those of you, I know there are listeners out there with P85Ds or P90Ds or P85s. You know that, yeah, that you, you got the performance model because it's, you know, it's, it's fun. It just, it adds another layer of fun to it. And that's, I want that. I want that. But, you know, we, it was a really difficult discussion. I mean, to, to my wife's credit, she, you know, was very calm about it, reasonable about it, didn't turn into a fight or anything. But, but at the, at the end of the discussion, I mean, where I sit is, it's just not, you know, because you have to do what's best for your, you, you, you can't. I'm not in a position, I'm not the kind of guy that would just, my wife was fundamentally opposed to something. You know, we, we're a team, we work together. I'm not going to go out there and go, well, screw you. I'm just going to, I'm going to buy the full $80,000 top spec version anyway. And then she'd just resent it for years. And it would, you know, that's not, I don't, I don't, that's not something I'm anywhere remotely interested in, in going. That's not a road I want to go down. So, you know, where... I guess where I'm going with this is where, what, how have any of you listeners found yourself in a similar situation, either with the three or with the X or when you got your S? I mean, I know, I, I suppose in general, if you can afford an S or an X is that you're, you're probably doing pretty well for yourself. You, you might not live in the Bay area, which is literally the most expensive place in the country to live. But I'd be kind of curious, you know, well, what's, does anybody have any advice for me? You know, should I, should I, you know, just find, find a way to be satisfied with a non-performance version of Model 3 and, and just find a way to be happy with what I have? Do you, I, I, I guess, I don't even know quite what I'm asking. I guess I just wanted to share the story. Um, I mean, of course, yeah. If you, I guess a Model S is, and, and an X is priced up in a range already such that if you can afford it, you're maybe you just probably aren't even having these discussions with your significant other. It's just, you, you're clearly in a high enough income bracket where an S is a, uh, or an X is a, a totally doable expense in your life and bravo to you, more power to you for it. But yeah, I guess, I don't know if you've got any feedback on this, I would love your emails. Um, Maybe not your phone calls. Maybe your this is. I don't think we need to rehash this necessarily in in phone call form uh, from the hotline. But yeah, maybe write to me. I, I would just love to hear. Especially you know maybe you just have a private thing you want to say or yeah. If you could email me teslapodcast at gmail dot com. I, I could use a little either support or encouragement or or advice of and I'm not and I'm not looking for advice on well here's how to just convince your wife that you do need the performance version. I guess, I don't know. I guess I just, I'm looking for your reactions to it because I'm now sitting here and she doesn't listen to this podcast. That's why. And even if she did, did, it would be okay. This is all stuff we talked about. And, but I, I guess I'm trying to figure out, I do have her on board for the bigger battery because there is a, 
totally practical. I mean, the bigger battery makes sense in a lot of ways. So, so um, but yeah, I guess, you know, the sort of equivalent would be those of you that bought 85Ds or 90Ds but op didn't opt for the performance version. And I know, you know, I started thinking about it. It's, well, you know, the, the 85D, which I've driven one of, my, my Uber boss pair, uh, the one I, I drove to do the autopilot video that I made for IGN, I drove his car. And, you know, the, the, the 85D is 0 to 60 in 4 seconds. I mean, it's a pretty quick car. It's the equivalent of the original, performance-wise, the rough equivalent of the original P85. But, of course, it's just not in crazy, you know, three-second, zero-to-sixty version. And so I started thinking, well, if the three, you know, the three is going to be a smaller car, a bit of a smaller car, lower drag coefficient, lighter car. Of course, it'll have fewer battery cells as well. So, but I thought, well, you know, if I'm able to sell my wife on the dual motor version, which I think, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to get the, the D because it's more efficient, better traction, so it's a little safer. And if we ever wanted to go up to Tahoe or anywhere snowy, that that traction and, and drivability is going to make a lot of sense. And also the, the dual motor version is going to have the highest range of any of any of the Model 3 line. So, you know, I'm hoping now, now I'm thinking, well, maybe what would a you know, just for the sake of argument, just purely as a hypothetical, let's say the base battery in the 3 is a 60 kilowatt and the big battery is an 80. So let's say, um, what, an 80D. I mean, if you do kind of compare, like maybe the 80D will be zero, will have a zero to 60 time comparable to the 85D. Maybe it'll be around four seconds and maybe it'll just be super awesome performance anyway. And I'll not, and this, and I'll, I, I'll stop worrying about this or stop agonizing over it and once once the car's out of course yeah and i mean who knows if they're gonna if they're gonna build the cars in order of you know spec the way they're doing with the x where they're prioritizing you know all the sigs or p85 uh, p90s and then they're the production cars they're building the p's first so who knows you know because i do want my car quickly uh that i've been waiting so long for it as it is but anyway this is, dr I'm droning on way too long about this, but it was kind of a big, this, I mean, this is a conversation that my wife and I have, it's, it's been, it's been in the back, it's been on the back burner for a long time. And, and it finally, we finally sort of, you know, talked through it. And it was, like I said, it was a really tough conversation. So if you've got any, anything to say to me about it, I guess, drop me an email, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if this last, I don't know, 20 minutes was really boring to you, uh, I really apologize. I'll get to the news here in, uh, in just a minute. I want to start, though. Let's do one more phone call. I've got a, a call from Jason down in Tucson, Arizona, home of the Wildcats, the U of A. Had some friends go down there. I've been to Tucson a few times over the years, not since college, but it's a... Uh, you actually get some gets, you can get some snow down in Tucson on a rare occasion, at least up at uh, up at the peak there. Anyway, Jason from Tucson just wanted to call and share his really positive CPO purchase experience. After you know, last week we talked about the blog from uh, that uh, Marty dude, forget his last name, I don't have it in front of me, about his crazy negative CPO experience 
where Elon took his car. <laughs> so, Jason, yeah, go ahead. Let's. I want to hear your your excellent CPO experience. The floor is yours, sir. Hi, Ryan. This is Jason down in Tucson, Arizona. I just wanted to leave a comment. You had had the uh, just listen to your post uh, talking about the. Uh, the bad experience with the certified pre-owned, and so I just wanted to counter that with my own certified pre-owned experience. Um, I had ordered a, I believe it was a Model 60 from I don't know where. They were shipping it uh, to the service center in Scottsdale, Arizona, and like the day it arrived or the day before it arrived from them shipping it, uh, Elon announced the Model 70 because initially they only had the 70D, so they announced the 70, it was five grand less. And it made a lot more sense for me to buy a new 70 than this inventory car 60 that I already bought. So even though it had already been shipped to Scottsdale, I called up Tesla and I said, hey, can I switch over and just buy a new one instead? And they said, absolutely, not a problem. And they switched over my deposit already. There was no fee for them shipping this car that I said I no longer wanted. And it was a wonderful experience. So just wanted to give you that. Uh, of course, you're going to have, you know, people are going to have good experiences, bad experiences. Just wanted to share a good experience because those, those happen as well. Love the podcast. Uh, keep on trucking. Great story, Jason. And it's, it's always great to hear this stuff. I mean, it, it doesn't, I will say, it doesn't change the fact that if you are on the Tesla Motors Club forums and the, the official Tesla forums and you do, it, there's enough of a sample size that we've seen to it's okay to acknowledge we can still be you know tesla fans but it's it's healthy to acknowledge the things that need work too and and there does seem to be you know tesla does seem to be going through some growing pains as a company in the communication department but that that being said it's you know certainly wasn't that story last week wasn't meant to say that every customer experience is bad far from it i mean obviously the the good far outweighs the bad but um, it's great to hear that you had such a fantastic experience and it, I'm thrilled to hear that you ended up with a new car. That's awesome. I trust you are enjoying your new Model S 70 that was built just for you. That is awesome. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic, I would love to hear it. I love when we get the calls on the hotline, the messages. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I think it adds a lot of fun flavor to the show to hear from you guys, the listeners, so you can call and leave a message anytime, anytime, day or night, on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number. You can call it or you can Skype it. And the number is 1-888-989-8752. It's 1-888-989-TSLA, if that helps you excuse me, remember it a little more easily. And I do remind you, from my friends at Life on Record that were kind enough to supply the hotline uh, voicemail box... If you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more and be right back with the news. Just a couple of things I wanted to cover this week. There are always a, I'm, I'm selective. I don't bore you with every single little thing because it's some things I just don't think are that interesting. Uh, for instance, I mean, at the story I passed over this week 
was Apple, excuse me, Tesla hired Apple's, uh, uh, a, a, you know, a X, the a series microprocessor, the, the head of that whole chip thing, the head autopilot. I mean, that's cool. There's not a lot to say. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with, but you know, just wanted to cover the stories that do merit actual discussion. First up, Canada. If you are a Canadian Model S, if you're interested in Tesla in Canada, you no longer have the option to buy an 85 kilowatt battery Model S. The 85 option has been removed from the online configuration tool only in Canada so far. This is most likely a smaller scale test to make sure people don't freak out before they roll this out to the U.S. and other markets. I don't expect it will be a freak out. I mean, who doesn't just want more battery? The question, you know, will the price just go up? I mean, yeah, what, yeah, is, is, the, is the price effectively going to go up 3000 <clears throat> or are they going to actually lower the price of the 90? Probably not. <laughs> things, things tend not to go down in price, but the excellent folks at electrek.co got a statement from Tesla about this, confirming it, and the statement is, quote, the recently introduced 90 kilowatt hour battery pack offers unprecedented range and value that has been well received by our customers. As a result, we will no longer be offering the 85 kilowatt hour battery. Model S is designed to be completely customizable, ensuring that customers are able to build the car that meets their unique needs, and Tesla is committed to continued innovation and the development of industry-leading technology, end quote. In other words, we're moving forward, deal with it. <laughs> Except they said it much more politely than that. But yeah, I mean, this is inevitable. I mean, I don't know, if I did have the money to buy a Model S, I would 100% spend the extra 3K to get the, the bigger battery. Because as, I mean, I don't live in a cold weather area. It's especially critical for those that do, but just, yeah, more range is always better. You're going to supercharge faster. You're going to have less chance of range anxiety. You're just, you're just more empowered the more range you have. So in my opinion, the, you know, the, the 90, I mean, this is, they're going to, especially the, um, the, the X's, they don't even offer the 85 on the X. So this, they, by getting rid of the 85s, they can again, streamline production and it's just simpler and more economical for Tesla so that they only have the 70 pack and the 90 pack for both the S and the X. So this, this makes a ton of sense for the company. I think it makes, perfect, makes perfect sense for customers. And I suspect we will see this done uh, probably quietly, I guess, in the United States. I don't think they'll press release it or anything. But, you know, Tesla has changed. They've, they've changed the option stuff on the S a lot over three plus years the you know there was originally a tech package the uh the there was a a rear there was the rear cargo area little cover shade thing that was you know there have been all sort they've tweaked it all kinds of ways uh just in the first few years of model s and and so yeah i expect the united states will follow we'll we'll see the the 85 kilowatt hour battery disappear in the U.S. very soon. I'm guessing in the next month or two. And again, remember the, the 85 and the 90. It's only like it's only like a six percent difference. So it's just it make, doesn't make sense to keep keep them both around for much longer. 
And the, <clears throat> pardon me, the other story I wanted to cover this week, Elon spoke at a Tesla event in Hong Kong. Tesla's been making a big push there. They have the, apparently they have the highest density of superchargers in Hong Kong than anywhere else in the world, which is cool. Elon spoke there for an hour, a, a, a really good chat I recommend watching all of online. The journalist that did it, I, I don't have her name in front of me, I foolishly didn't write it down. She did a great job conducting the interview. And Elon said a few interesting things, namely though, the one I want to cover is that, uh, and this was covered beautifully by in Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter, which I, I plug at the end of the show and I always refer to. It's a very handy tool, highly recommend you subscribe to it, helps catch you up to date. You know, here I like to discuss things, but Dave's newsletter just gets you gets you caught up on the weekly Tesla happenings very quickly. It's it's awesome. But uh, Elon mentioned, you remember, for those of you who are old school Tesla people, meaning you've, you've either had your car for a few years or you've been following the company for at least a few years, you probably remember that long ago, there was originally an apps tab in the interface. In the, in the original 1.0 interface of Model S, there was an apps tab that never got used and then eventually quietly went away and got moved to the, uh, I don't own an S, but so I can't check. It's somewhere, it's still in the car. It's like in the settings menu somewhere, there is a tab buried in a menu for apps which apparently is never going to get used. So the original plan was to, the, Tesla was going to put out a, an SDK, a software development kit, so that people could create their own apps for the car. Tesla would, of course, then have to review them and certify them and deploy them. But that plan is apparently, I mean, we haven't heard a peep about it in years. And that plan is now apparently fallen by the wayside in favor of uh, them mirroring what's on your phone screen on the giant center screen of the console, the, the, of the car, which could be done really elegantly. I trust Tesla will do so. So, yeah, I just hope it doesn't impede. They have to do it smartly in a way that it doesn't impede other functions of the car you might want. But I'm sure they'll come up with an elegant solution. This is a quote from Elon. As we've sort of thought about it more, the logical thing to do from an app standpoint is to maybe allow apps on your iPhone or Android to project onto the center display, as opposed to trying to create a new app ecosystem. So that is probably going to be our focus in the future to enable you to project apps from your phone to the center screen. It does make a ton of sense. I mean, uh, to be fair, I mean, I'll say a built-in customized for Tesla app for whatever thing you want. Spotify, I mean, Spotify is rolling out now, but uh, it would be nice. It would be nice, but I could see how this might be the more practical solution. It's it, it, all things considered. So maybe by the time Model 3 comes out, by the time I get my Model 3, maybe I will be able to use Pandora easily in the car after all, which is what I would really like, really want because I love Pandora. I, uh, and I've been, and a lot of other cars have it, Many other cars have Pandora integration. In fact, the rental car that I'm sitting in right now, this Mazda 3, has Pandora integration through your phone, but it's there. It goes up on a, on a touchscreen. So uh, this should be an interesting solution. I wonder how long it's going to take. I suspect this is not something... This, I mean, that's going to have to be a major update. Like, they're going to have to test the crap out of that 
with so many apps, so many things, this will not simply be a minor rollout. I think, you know, and, and again, we, we love Elon, but his track record for, you know, it took <laughs> for delivering on those. They, the, he does deliver on the promises. It just usually takes quite a bit longer than anticipated. So, I, I mean, for me, not being not being able to own a Tesla yet, I'm just hoping that it's ready by the time I get my Model 3. That by, by the time the Model 3 ships, hopefully it's it's in that software version in the car. But uh, hopefully, for those of you that already own Teslas, which of course is the majority of my audience, hopefully it's ready a lot sooner than that for you folks. But I thought that was a, the, the most interesting thing out of, out of Tesla's talk. Pardon me, Elon's talk over in Hong Kong. Well, that wraps it up for the news this week. I'm going to come right back, wrap up a couple final things, and then we'll be on our way. Be right back. That's it for this week's edition of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. I remind you, I love hearing from you on the hotline. I think, again, I think it adds a fun little uh, bit of variety and audience uh, community participation in the show. So uh, if you've got a question or a comment or a discussion topic, I'd love to hear it. Dial in anytime or Skype in. It's toll-free either way. The number is one 989 8752. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan and the podcast email address. You can reach me at teslapodcast at gmail.com if you wanted to react to what I was talking about with my my Model 3 and uh, finances situation earlier at the top of the show. Also, nerdstyles.com. That's my little t-shirt side website where I've got some fun video game and geek-inspired t-shirt designs up there. If uh, It'll be t-shirt season again before you know it. So if you, if you like, take a look, and if you like any of those, I would love you to buy one. It would help, help add to my, my Tesla fund. Uh, and again, be sure to subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter, which I adore. It is a, just a brilliant, brilliant resource. You can subscribe for free. The website is teslaweekly.com. Dave is also very nice to reciprocate the plug. He's very kind to, to plug this show in his newsletter, which I, I, I very much appreciate, Dave. Thank you so much. And a final reminder that you can now listen. I've kind of been so busy this week. I still need to reach out to Tesla to try and really get this solved. But there is a way that you can listen to this podcast in your Tesla now. It requires a, a one hoop to jump through. You, uh, you've got to go... Uh, search search for Tesla Podcast or Ride the Lightning on the TuneIn website. Follow it there, and then it should show up in your favorites when you get in your car. So uh, that is that. And I think that wraps it up for this week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. As always, this has been another kind of long show, thanks to my own rambly, weird, personal crap that I hope didn't bore anybody. Uh, if it did, I will only say that I won't be making a habit out of it. <laughs> it's not, yeah, that, that kind of thing. Fortunately, the, I don't have that kind of stuff going on all the time. But I did think it was a relevant, a relevant thing to bring up. Maybe some of you are going through a similar thing, trying to plan out for your Model 3 or maybe even your Model X. So, I don't know. I thought I would share, and I hope, I hope, uh, hope the sharing was, was welcome and not something that made you want to delete the podcast and never listen to it again. <laughs> 
So again, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all so much. This is Ride the Lightning, and I will see you back here for episode 27 next week.